Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Fast Break Lip NBA Podcast. It is your boy Samuel here. I am back from my off-season break. With me, I got my good friend Noah here. Noah, say what's up to the people. What's up, guys? Alright, so yesterday was media day in the NBA. Um, I would say the vibes around the league are pretty pretty mixed. I mean, we got the whole Phoenix Suns with um, DeAndre Ayton, and he looks like he's being held hostage over there, as well as they have the whole Robert Sarver situation. Jay Crowder wants to get traded. I mean, and then we got your Celtics, Noah, who their coach, I don't even know how to even begin describing the situation over there because... The details haven't been fully extended, mm-hmm. but I mean, I guess we can just start there. I mean, well, we we can make some assumptions, yeah, based on what we do now. Um, at the very least, he's a nasty man. Yeah, um, that's the best. <laughs> to that, that's put what, it lightly. I'll leave it at that. Put it lightly. Um, you know that like. Nasty in the way that, like, at the very least, he was cheating. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't want to go too far into it because, like, there is a chance that this is a very serious situation, but we don't know much. And I'm not going to act like a reporter that knows what he's talking about when I don't know the full details about something that could be potentially, like... As you know, some very, other reporters would like very, to... Very, like, yeah, like, very, like, the language behind it is just makes you believe. And again, like, the whole, like, how long the suspension is. Um, for me personally, it would shock me if he's back with the mm. team. Okay. Because for me, I look at the situation and, you know, the players, they say mostly like what they could say. Um, because, you know, I, I think when players talk to the media, that people don't realize there's a difference between what they should say and what they probably have to say. Um and you know, Marcus said like, "Oh, I still like it was a mis- it was a small mistake, but you know, like, and he makes messed up." And then Grant said something similar. Uh, Tatum had my favorite response. He said he didn't know about this until it broke on Twitter, <laughs> um, which I, which wouldn't shock me at all either. It seemed very internal with like the front office and things like that. I don't think players really knew much about it. Um, and it just feels like the players, from what I saw, the players are just as much in the dark about this situation as the rest of us are. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, I so definitely that, got that's that the vibe, vibe I got. Like, um, I, I don't know if Grant and Marcus would have given the same answers that they did, uh, if they knew more. Mm. Like, they're, they're basically talking like, you know, people that don't know what's going on with the situation, um, you know, and, and you know, media day in the NBA in general is does very much. Uh, we they tell you what you want to hear for the most part, un- unless you're Kyrie Irving or but, DeAndre um, Ayton. Yeah, well, DeAndre Ayton, I don't think it was more about like what he said. It was more it's about how he said it. It's how we said it. Yeah. Um. So that that was the thing for me, but with Boston. You know, like, I'm not going to get too much into what, what not, what's going on with their interim head coach because th- that's a whole other thing. Um, you know, there's some stuff that 
uh, I want to educate myself on work before I say something very publicly about. Um, but what from what I have seen, it, 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 it is a bit of an odd choice to make him the internet coach based off what you're suspending the head coach that just took you to the finals for you. Yeah. Um, so I'll leave it at that. Um, I mean, yeah, with Boston, yeah, though, like, no, but I'm just saying, like, in general, with Boston, like, the thing for me is, like, you know, you still have one of the 10 best players in basketball. <laughs> and you have uh, a guy that, another guy that's one of the 30 to 35 best players in basketball. And you have the defensive player of the year that's still. Like, you still have that core group of guys, and, you know, despite what reports might say, they seem very, like, tight-knit. And uh, I still think they're going to be good this season. I don't know if they're going back to the finals. But, um, you know, I, I definitely think not having Ime there, you know, hurts their chances of going back. But um, I, I'm still confident they're going to be a home court team this upcoming season. Mm, okay, so you don't see you don't see that much of a drop off. No, um, yeah, I still I think was... I think they're, they're too talented to not. Mm, okay. like, I feel like if this was like if this happened like Cleveland, I'd be a bit more worried. But even though Cleveland's super talented, like one, they don't have the chemistry that these guys do. These guys have been together for like seven years now, mm-hmm. um, and they have veteran leadership in the locker room. They have Al Horford, um, who's very integral to what they do. Um, but I still think, I don't think they're going to be like the two seed like they were last year. I think it's more close to like that three, four, five, like three, four, five, more than likely. Um, but I, I still think this based off what they have on paper, they're one of the best teams in the league still. Mm, okay. How do you feel about the, I mean, the early season um, injuries to Gallinari and Rob Will? I mean, um, Gallo was well, Gallo was kind of anticipated to be like give you guys well, more lineup was more of a get you guys to the playoff. Gallo was a guy that I thought would play regular season. I don't really think he was going to play in the playoffs, anyways. Mm. Okay. The only reason why I say that is because a lot of people thought that he would give you guys more lineup versatility um, in terms of being able. to I think go in the regular season, but shooting. when but when you, once you get to the playoffs, you you shrink your rotation. I think he would be the odd man out of the rotation. Um, just defensively, right? Because of the defense stuff. But, you know, they added Brogdon. You know, that's obviously a bit of a risk because the injury factor with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, I have to act like he's going to be playing. Um, and he's, like, perfect for this team as far as what they need. Like, you know, I don't think it's a hard take to say that they probably won the finals last year. They have a guy like Brogdon on that team. And they didn't even have to give up guys that were playing in rotation to get him so i think he helps again i don't know i don't it would shock me if they go back to the finals this year just based off everything that's going on like the chaos but i still think they're going to be an upper wrestling team but you know i don't know like the only teams i think that like they have like, a real side against are like the sixers and that's really bad i don't think they beat miami uh i don't think they would beat milwaukee especially with like uh Giannis, who's Probably going to come back with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, Milwaukee's my pick to make it out of the East this year, uh, especially when you get Melton back. But, you know, it, it'll be an interesting season for them because the, the, you don't really see teams in the situation this young. 
where is this much chaos going around about a team that's this good this young? So, but I, 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 I'm missing like, uh, let's just see how this all plays out and we'll go from there. Yep. We will see. Um, on to another Eastern conference team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the spider trade saga is finally over. Probably mm-hmm. felt like it, it, not even probably, it definitely was the most annoying mm-hmm. trade saga that I have like witnessed. Well, you had a team that like was a part of it. And I know you had a team that was like, really attached to it yeah that's what made it like really, super yeah. annoying because and i know that's like because like, like Kawhi, i remember when Kawhi landed jimmy butler and paul judge were all went to the boston celtics like the mid 2010s and yeah. every week we'd be hearing about tatum and brown being on the trade park now obviously i think you would move brown for any of those guys mm-hmm. even paul judge i think i just think paul judge is better than jalen brown but not a hot take you know you know, I feel like, you know, like, you wouldn't move Tatum now. Like, I think that they made the right decision there. Yeah. Yeah, not to move on from Tatum, who's developed into a player that, minus Kawhi, um, I think that you would probably say that he's better than Jimmy. I think you can make the argument for Jimmy over Tatum, but I wouldn't make that argument. Uh, and I, th- I definitely think he's better than Paul George at this point. And I love Paul George, but... Uh, Tatum's just proven, like, even though he played poorly in the finals, I think Tatum's proven that he can be the guy. Like, he's mm. he's a superstar in this league for sure. So, 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 getting back to the to the Cavs and the in the Spider trade saga, probably the most annoying trade saga again, like Noah said, because my team, the Knicks, was attached to it for the longest, and everyone anticipated that it was basically a done deal between the Jazz and the Knicks because it was something that mm-hmm. was speculated for the longest time. Um, I mean, it finally got dealt with when he got traded to the Cavs and the Knicks made the decision to extend R.J. Barrett. Um, it's been anticipated that Danny Ainge was most likely dealing in bad faith with the Knicks. Which when is you look in, at, which is when you look, Huh? It's not, I, I assume he was a GM of my team for a little while. And yeah. That does not shock me at all. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the the offers that the Knicks proposed, which I think were absurd, by the way, and probably were better than what they got. I think some of those are fake, personally. Like the ones that Woj reported. Um, you know, I I, I think because he reported some crazy. I, I'm deals, not going to get like into RJ and specific, Mitch and Ob like, and a pick and stuff like that. I think that like some of those deals is too good to turn down to be real. Yeah, that's what like, I'm giving up. Like, like I just don't understand like why your team would give up your whole boss, like half your like all your good young players to get. That's that's like, what concerns me, which I will get to when we talk about the RJ Bear extension and where the Knicks go from there. But that that does concern me. But when I look at those deals, I'm like, how did Danny Ainge turn them down? Which makes me think that he was dealing in bad faith from the jump because these deals look way better than what the Cavs got. And and I mean, I just don't understand. But I mean, let, let's get to the Cavs side of things. I think. The Cavs, they have a really great young core at this point with Darius Garland, um, yeah. Allen, Mobley, um, and then yeah. adding Spite on top of this. They have this lockdown for at least three more years with Spider mm-hmm. um, being on contract for three more years. Um, and they're all super young, which helps. Yeah, they didn't have to give up Mitchell's much. Mitchell's like the oldest one at like 26. Yeah. And when you're the you oldest player, and you, I don't even think he's the best player, at least not the most important player on this team. I still think Garland's going to be the best player on this team. Mm, okay, um, why do you think that? 
the playmaking because Cleveland aspect. last year basically did everything for Cleveland. He made every decision for them on offense, and they still almost made the playoffs despite all the injuries that they dealt with the second half of the year. I think that Mitchell is going to be a player that plays off of what Garland does more than Garland playing off what Mitchell does. Mm, because, okay. you know, I think they got Mitchell to take some of that pressure off of Garland because, you know, you don't want, like, even though you know, he's really good at it, you don't want a, your young point guard having to deal with all of the responsibility on offense. But there are a few players in the league that I look at and say they could do what Garland did last year. For that Cavs team. Like when you watch him play. Like he's doing like everything on offense. When he was on the floor. Was him. Like he played an important part. In like every play they ran. And to be able to do that. At 21, 22 years old. Is, and be like a really good team. Uh, really speaks to the level of talent. That you are. And uh, I think that. You know, I, I would say Mobley's the, like the best long term prospect as far as like potential like high ceiling. Um, but I there, I have things about Mo. I have some concerns about Mobley like every like fully reaching his ceiling. I don't have those questions about Garland. I think Garland can legitimately be an MVP caliber player in this league, mm, like just okay. based on the fact that he's shown clear potential as like a twenty five. I think he can get to that. And he's one of like the five best passers in basketball. Yeah, he's a great he's a great yeah. um passer in terms of finding those guys right. in their spots. And mind you, like, he's a small guy that doesn't get to the line too much either. So if he's getting like twenty and nine and he's not getting to the line a lot. I'm not saying he ever will get to the line a lot, but like what if he gets done like five times a game? Like and Mitchell takes a lot of that rim pressure off of him as well. So I think that getting a good net like Donovan was like perfect for the team. And I know people are going to talk about defense. You got probably the best defensive front court in basketball. Um, so yeah, that helps. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, but, we'll, we'll see how it looks come playoff time because I still um, have my reservations. But I mean, going I'm more concerned about. Good- um, I'm more concerned about Mitchell in, in the playoffs because he's a, he's a weird playoff player. We're like this past season, he was awful in the playoffs, but for the most part, he's been pretty incredible in the playoffs. Um, I think people forget that because of just how bad he was this past season in in the playoffs. Like he was like clearly not playing great defense. Part of me wonders if that was like after. Part of me wonders like you know is it what we what I've always like thought about him, which is not the best POA defender in the world to say the least. That's being nice. Um, I I will like I will like you said I will like to see how that works out come playoff time. Um, but you know I I'm just so encouraged by that Cavs and crew. I think they have a chance like in like two three years to be the best team in the conference, like especially when Mobley develops. Because yeah, Mobley's gonna be the real the real big X factor there. Um, but flipping to the other side of things, onto the Jazz. I mean, we can make this really brief with the Jazz because who wants to talk about Utah? Well, I, I actually think they're interesting because I think they're going to be awful. Oh yeah, they, for they sure. are. But I think they're going to be more fun than people think because you know, as the main option, like this player is not going to like be the guy that wins a bunch of games. 
But Colin Sexton is really fun to watch. Like, just like as a scorer. And I think he gets, so like, I, I think about it like this. Like, the Magic last year, when they got the first pick, that season, they were actually like relatively fun to watch. And I felt the same way about the Pistons the year before that, when they got the first pick. Where they're not going to win a lot. Like, at all. I think that's kind of obvious. But they're going to put up a fight every game. And I look at that Jazz roster. You know, you got Sexton, Markinen, uh, You got, you know, Vanderbilt, who's one of my favorite, like, defensive players in basketball in the league. Um, you know, you got Malik Beasley, who I think Malik Beasley is going to get traded. You know, I think Connolly's getting traded. Oh, yeah. Obviously, a lot of those guys are still okay. waiting to get traded. Mm-hmm. But Jordan I think Malik Beasley's a... Clarkson's definitely getting traded. Uh, a playoff team will want Clarkson to come off the bench. And, you know, but, like, I don't think they're the foundational pieces. I think you're looking at Scoot, Wemby, uh, you know, Nick Smith, all those guys from next year's class uh, in the draft. But that's not the worst young core, like, I've ever seen. Like, I've seen terrible teams. Like, like last, year's okay, last season's OKC team was, like, outside of, like, saying Getty, wasn't very fun to watch. I mean, they were just, like, picking up guys off the street at, at some Dream, point in the season. Yeah. So, like, but like, I don't feel that way about the Jazz. Like, I feel like they have, like, young guys that are very, very intriguing. You know? For and me? The thing is, like, they're all on, they're all on movable deals. Like, 17 mil for Sexton is not a bad deal at all. That's probably lower than what is like. If you're talking about true market, like not true market, true talent, like value, that's probably under what his true like talent value is. The problem with Sexton has always been the fit. Like, how does he fit with the team? Mm-hmm. But the talent is like, like he's as talented as some of the best young guards in basketball, in my opinion. The problem is that he has limitations to his game that hold him back mm-hmm. as well. Yep, that's like, that's what that's what the main criticism will will always be with him, and that's why people didn't see him fitting long term with the Cavs, and that's why he was always brought up in discussions when the Cavs were brought up to trade for someone. Mm-hmm. It was always Colin Sexton is going to be the the initial piece, and you're going to add other pieces onto it to move it in a trade package. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm willing to bet you that like Mitchell is basically what they probably wanted go, him to uh, be Sexton to be next to Garland. Yeah, uh, and like. Literally, like, I would say, because, like, Mitchell is basically basically Sexton without those limitations. Because mm, okay. they're not against Sexton. It's like, they're both small guards, but, like, Mitchell has abnormally long arms. Like, yeah, he's, like a, he's like a new seven-foot wingspan. People are talking like, about his defense. <laughs> but, like, that, but it does make up for things. Because, you know, being, like, Six one, he's six one. I've seen him in person. Like he's definitely six one, but like having a new seven foot wingspan, like that's basically like having like a six three to six four player with an average wingspan. That that's what always made him so intriguing was, and that's why like like um he sometimes even appears to be taller than he is on court. Like having long arms makes you look taller. Like I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it just does. Um, and 
you know, but but to get back to Sexton though, because those limitations exist, I think he should have gotten signed like way earlier. Like a team should have given him an offer. Like, mm. Because well, I wasn't think he still good. wasn't he still under contract? Isn't he, isn't he still um, under contract with the with the? Wasn't he still under contract with the Cavs? Well, teams could offer him. I think teams could have because people were talking all the time. Like, why aren't people offering him? Mm, okay. So like, I thought teams should have offered him because I know he got hurt a uh, lot this past season, but the year before that, he was actually like, pretty good. He averaged like twenty four, like four and four run. Pretty good Pretty efficiency. good efficiency for yeah. a small guard uh, that scored first, and teams know they I think the knock first. on him was that defensively he wasn't the He's best. He's not as good, well as and also they thing weren't they didn't is, they weren't winning that year either. The Cavs. Also, that's the thing with him is like when he's been the main guy, they they got like a top five pick, mm-hmm. and a top three pick. Yeah. So. And here he is on the no, Jazz, where it's going to be jazz. another knock. But that's where... perfect spot for him because he can show out. Mm-hmm. You know, he can show his talent, and then maybe it's picked up. Maybe a team wants to trade for him. Like, okay, he can be like our sixth man, which mm-hmm. I think would be a perfect role for him. Yeah, a lot of people anticipated he would probably pick up a six man role with the Cavs. This I think year he could. Year. I think he could be what Lou Williams has been. Like long term, Lou Williams is a is like probably the best six man of his generation. Like, I think he's. So much better than Jamal Crawford. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's been he's been pretty because I like, remember like great. Lou Williams was the best player in that Clippers team that took the Warriors to six games. Mm-hmm. Like and that was like the KD Warriors. Yep, he took six games. So I think Sexton. I don't think he could be like that because like Lou Williams should have been All Star that year as well. But um, that's another story for another time. But like, I think Sexton could be a real good six man for the team. And teams need that, like they do. Like if you get if you they have a guy that has it. like twenty five plus point per game potential, and he's your sixth best player, or like the sixth guy in your rotation, probably like fourth or fifth, third or fourth best player, but comes off the bench, like that works. Like so, I think maybe teams are picking up. I think he's gonna sell out this season, and I can't wait because he is very fun to watch as a scorer. Yeah, with, and with like, you don't have to worry about the defense though, because with, like, you're with not gonna me, expect him to be good. With me for Utah, it's just I can't bring myself to watch. And it, it it's not even a Utah thing. I think it's for me, I can't bring myself to watch teams that are going to be bad for the whole year, unless it's like my favorite team, which I'm conditioned to do. Um, what about teams for, that have like young talent, like the match? For me, it depends or, on the how, like how fun that young talent is on that team. So, like, let's say Chet doesn't get hit, would you watch the Thunder if Chet was um, healthy? No, because I have a personal vendetta against OKC and their <laughs> fans. Um, now, I would probably tune into a couple games. Um, uh, what, what about like the Magic or the Pistons? The the Magic Magic, I might tune into some of their games this year. Um, I like what they the got with Franz and, the and Pistons Paolo. are in, The Pistons are a league pass team for me. Mm, okay. Because, like, you have Cade, who I think is going to take a jump to maybe being an all-star this upcoming season. You have Ivy. Um, and they were always fun to watch, even without Cade, uh, mm-hmm. before Cade got there. Cause, like, yeah, actually, they I played watched Pistons hard. games last year. I they watched the Pistons hard games last year. I don't know if it's because I had money on them, but... <laughs> 
I definitely, I definitely tuned into some Distance games last year. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely tuned into some of their games last year. But like, no, the I thing I know is they, they played the Celtics. They were like the, the like, but they were like, I will argue they were like a top five, like hardest team for the Celtics to play against. They, for whatever reason, they played. They gave the my Celtics, Knicks some issues like, last year too. Like they just, they just play hard. Like they don't play like they're tanking. Which I find really interesting. Yeah, that's my thing. I think like, I can't watch a team that looks like they're trying to tank. I could watch a fun young team, but I can't watch like an OKC like the way they did last year. Like that is. I don't think like, they. I think it's. I don't think they're gonna do it this year. Like I that's hope the thing not. people talk about. Because like oh, but like I would the understand because like Jack got hurt it. and like they have like it's a pretty good class. So I understand why teams are gonna be tanking, tanking. Same time. Yeah, like for me, Spurs, I'm not watching the Spurs this year. They got some fun young pieces, but they're looking to lose. But the thing for me is, like, Say doesn't want to do that at this point. And I also think Say is just too good for that, for the OKC Thunder to, like, be that bad, to get, like, to get, like, the worst record or the second worst, or even the third worst record in the league. There are three or four teams I would come to say are going to be worse than OKC next season. Because Say is just that good. And if Say plays at least like 55 games, they're going to have like the fifth or sixth best lottery odds at the very least. At the very most. Because I just think like, it's very evident when he plays. They're better when he plays. And I think oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's an, he's an all-star level player. I mean, last year when he was playing, they were like a pretty good team. Like everyone was like, oh, okay, see, they're like looking like pretty good well, like right yeah, now. Yeah, because like he is he's he is an all-star talent. Like, I don't think that's up for debate at this yeah, point. Yeah, for sure. Because for me, people say, Oh, he has an impact of winning. He was the starting point guard on that Clippers team that took the Warriors to six games mm-hmm. his rookie year. Second year averages like almost 20 points per game next to Chris Paul on a team that wasn't even supposed to make the playoffs. They almost beat Houston in the first round. Um, and then, you know, puts up good numbers the next two years. So like, so you have two years of proof that he can, at the very least, can be a, a guy that starts on a winning team. Yeah. And it's also very evident on tape in the years that even when they're bad, that he's very good. Like, he's improving. Like I've noticed, like, real improvement in his game. So, like, that, to me, means he's an all-star level player. Because you already have the, like, the proof that he can impact winning, and he's getting better. It's like mm-hmm. Bradley Beal, like, like before, like, the, the Supermax contract, where it's like, yeah, he's not impacting winning now, but, like, he has all-star seasons where he was impacting winning. The Wizards were, like, a threat in the East. Like back in like 2017, so like for me, it's like it's not that that feels more situational than about him as a player. Yeah. So switching gears onto the last part of the Spider trade saga, which was my team, the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So we decided to back out, or I don't even know if we decided to back out, or I think we did decide to back out because eventually we just decided to give RJ Barrett um, his extension. Um, they declined our our trades, our packages, which I thought were better. But we ended up extending RJ to a four year, one hundred twenty million dollar um contract. Um, I mean, I feel pretty good about the extension. I feel pretty good about where where our young players are. I like the young core that we have. 
with Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, Quentin Grimes, Jericho Sims, RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, that group of guys, I'm really confident in them. It is a matter of our coach being able to be flexible, which he will never be um, in terms of no, giving he, these guys he, minutes if, to if play. If we're talking about flexibility, he is the stiffest person on the planet. Yeah, I mean, today he came out with a quote saying that basically Evan Fournier was the front runner to the starter, even though... Oh, that should be quickly. I don't care what anyone says. That should be should quickly. Be, for me, it should be quickly. Other people, it should be Quentin Grimes. I mean, I'm I, I'm indifferent start, as long as a young so. guy is starting. Um. So for me, and giving it to RJ though, I'm glad the Knicks didn't make a deal, including RJ. Cause I felt like it would have been redundant to give up RJ in the deal. I feel like if you're trading for someone like Mitchell and you're the next, the whole point is. So he can play with someone like RJ. Exactly. And, and RJ's a very weird player because I you look at the, the numbers, like both like standard and advanced, and they are the prettiest. In fact, I would say some of them are just flat out bad. But then you watch the tape and it's like you're watching a player and you have to make sure that you that the stats you had were correct. Because he's a much better player on tape than he is when it comes to the numbers. And I think it's because like his flaws as a player impacts that so much. Like with Satsarakson, some tunnel vision problems. That I think they're, they're definitely getting better, but they still are noticeable enough for me on tape. Uh, part of that is situation. Part of that has, has been like, you know, he's had these problems for years now. Uh, but, you know, he has the work ethic um, from, he's like a psychotic work ethic guy from what mm-hmm. I've heard. Yep. Um, and I think his improvements have shown that as well. Um, you know, but for me, when it comes to RJ, like, it, it, I, I've never made a video like on the new channel about RJ because I want to include, my goal is to incorporate stats and tape. and how they connect and there's so much disconnect between his ta- his stats and his tape that i never felt like i've been able to come to I- i've tried to write the script like five times for this like I- i've never been able to find that conclude that connection where i'm like i got what i want like i found the goal of what i want because like, each video i try to make a goal like what I want the message to be. I just never been able to connect it to find that goal to make that message. Uh, I think it's really good. I think it was worth the extension. I know I have, I have friends and there are people on Twitter that don't think he was worth the extension, but he's like, what, 22 years old? You know, uh, with, this, with the cap going up probably over the next few years, that deal's not going to look nearly as bad as it is now. Um, I don't even think not nearly as bad to some people, people. But like for me, I don't need to deal with that bad. He's twenty two. You know, efficiency's been iffy, but that was a concern going in with him, like, entering the league with them. But you know, it's clear on tape he's getting better every single year. Uh, and I think you know, in a different situation, um, uh, with with a coach that doesn't decide to play him forty minutes a game the moment he comes back from an injury. Um, maybe his numbers look a little bit better. Because the thing is, it's it's never like with his efficiency, it's like 
you know, because you know how veto percentage affects your true shooting percentage. Mm-hmm. So some games will shoot really well from like the field, really well from three, but his but free, the throw free throw line, is oh awful. my gosh, it's don't awful. even get me started. That's like the part of the game that I'm hoping he cleans up the most this off season because. So I, I, my, I, that, I sometimes I wish he just stuck with being a right-handed player because it, it's very clear that he's right-handed. Mm-hmm. Like, but he plays. I'm like, why didn't you just stick with being right-handed? Because. You know, one thing he's improved on a lot for me is his ability to drive the ball sides. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think he would have those problems if he just stuck with being right-handed. Like, just being everything. But, like, um, he's a dog. I will say, he is a dog Chris most improved player candidate for me. Mm, okay. If he takes that jump, I think there's a chance he takes that jump this season. And if he puts up, like, 24... Seven to eight rebounds, which I think eight rebounds is not out of the question with him. He's a really good rebounder. Yeah, he is. Uh, and he takes like an assist jump because I've been waiting for him to take that jump with his assist because I think he's capable of averaging five plus assists per game. Like it, it's very good. He has the tools to be a really good passer, but he does have some. It's all. It's all, it's all about how Thibs is using him. Yeah. Um, but you know, we saw that game against corner, Miami. Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. Like. And, and that's okay. If he hit his free throws, he would have been floating with like 60. <laughs> I was just about to say, as soon as you brought up the free throw thing, I was about to say how that Miami game pissed me <laughs> off so badly because he would have had like 55 or something if he just made his free throws. And, 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 and is, we probably would have won was that never game like, probably. It's never like he has a, a bad free, like, like a stretch of this bad free throws in games. Because he's like a career like 70% guy, which isn't terrible. Yeah, it's like pretty it's average. It's like great. It's like it's like average, but he'll have a stretch where he shoots like eighty, and have like three games where he shoots like fifty percent from the line, and then a stretch where he shoots like ninety, and then a stretch where he shoots like fifty percent again. So it, it, the whole thing with him has always been like inconsistency. Uh that's been like the one thing, but you know. If I'm the next, and I I would give him that contract because the talent's obvious, his work ethic's obvious, his motive's very obvious. Yep. Um. He he clearly wants to be there. He's basically been saying he wanted to, he's wanted to be a neck forever since, since literally Duke. Like that's when he's like was like I want to be in New York. When the next got the third pick, he knew that he knew Zion was going one. He, knew he got to see that. He 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 got to see Zion up close and personal. Um, there was a chance he he could have gone too. Um, there was, there was a chance. I don't think Joe was not as locked in as like the number two guy. That I think some people believed he was at the time. Mm, okay, because uh, I thought Joe was like I think, a lock at two. I don't. I think I thought he was as well, but like, you know. Teams think differently than what than you think. Fans, I, definitely, yeah. I think I think that they saw the end like what he was is like on the court, like not online. But um you know, like I think I, I got to a point, yeah, he was gonna go too, but you know, RJ like knew like they were gonna work out other Knicks were gonna work out other players. Like they worked out Garland, which you know, no offense, I think in hindsight you, you pick Garland at three. Um you know, they worked out COVID, which that would have been an absolute disaster. <laughs> Ooh. 
At three. Oh my gosh. Yo, if they took Culver at three and look looking at his career the way it panned out, oh my gosh. I don't think I would have been able to live that um, down. Yeah. So those were like the only two I think I think it was probably between Culver, Garland, and Barrett. They chose Barrett. Um I would have picked even I would have picked Barrett at the time. I think in hindsight I would have picked Garland, but I think both players are gonna be I think Barrett's gonna be a really good player. Uh Barrett reminds me a lot of like yeah, you could take this other guy, but you know, Barry ended up being really good as well, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, I think of it like um like DeAndre Ayton, where it's just like well, maybe not DeAndre Ayton, because like you 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 are gonna regret pay- taking I'm trying to give a better example of like, oh we pass on him, but we still got like a pretty good like uh, oh Beal over like Dame. I think mm, of it like okay. that. Where it's just like yeah, like in hindsight you take Dame, Damien Lloyd. He's clearly a better player. Like, Beal is like an all-star of his, gener- of his generation. Damian Lillard's like one of the best players of his generation. Uh, and then, you know, like, I think I, that's the way I think about it. Um, but I, I like RJ. I've always liked RJ Barrett. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I always thought he was going to be a stud. I think he's well on his way to being that stud. Um, I'm higher on him the most. I've been high on him forever. Uh, people forget like just how good he was like before the NBA. Um, yeah, he was the consensus number one player in his recruiting class. Zion wasn't. He was yep. like clearly he was the number one pick going into year. People people forget Zion. that he had all the accolades. He had everything. He was the first player to sweep all major awards in high school since LeBron James. For he was Matt, that guy. For, yeah, he was. Uh, he led his team to a national. He was the best player on like a storied. At a storied basketball academy at Montford and Montford, um, where you know they churn out stars and they're still churning out stars. Um, you know, it, you could build an all total, you could build a contending team with just players from Montford Academy. Um, that, that's that kind of school, and Barrett's one of the best to ever come from that school. Uh, I think you could argue based off high school, he is the best to come from that school. I, I think probably actually probably Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons won three national ti- national uh, high school titles with them. But you know, I, I love Barry. I think I, he's a he's a basketball junkie, and you know I can't wait to see where he goes with the next. I think he's the long term guy for sure. Um, I, I hope mean, they move on from Vandal sooner than later. Yes, I was just about to say, with him, it matters who's around him. Because what do you mean, I like, if you have twenty twenty one Vandal around him, that's really, a little bit of a, that's a little bit better for me. I've said that I've ranted about this. But so the many thing times is, though, I think with Vandal streams. is like, I think you just keep your expectations for Vandal low. Oh, you don't have to tell me that. My expectations like, are. But it's like every hell. time for me, it's like I've had high expect. I had high expectations his first year in New York. Like when he got when he signed there, I'm like, he was really good with the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Like he was basically the guy in New Orleans because Anthony Davis, the whole Anthony Davis situation. Uh, I thought the Lakers should. I never thought the Lakers should have moved on from him. I I thought he was like a clear cut guy for them. I think that he he still would be for them, but that's another story for another time. He goes to New York. I'm like, you know, this is a, a really good signing because like he like played like a, like a borderline All Star level. Was not good that first year. 
I'm like, this dude's like, he had the, I, to this day, and this is why I, I wasn't as like host on last season, because his first season in New York is by far the worst tape I've ever seen from a player at that level with that kind of production. Like, he's the worst player I've ever seen put up borderline all-star numbers. That, that specific season. So I had very low expectations going into uh, what would be his, like, most improved player season. He was yeah, legitimately that- one of, like, the 15 to 20 best players in basketball that year. <laughs> like, that's how good he was. So I had high expectations, and he disappointed. Like, I wasn't as disappointed because, like, his, his 2020 season was that bad. Then I'm like, you know what? Nothing could be worse than this. And it was like 2021 was very frustrating, but like, you know, he started the year out hot. He did. And he, like, I was there at that first game. Then he thumbed down, then the the thumbs down, and oh, yeah. And then everything. Once he lost the fans, that was it. Once you lose the fans in this city, that's it. Yeah. There's no coming back. But the thing is, though, now we're so expect, now I have low expectations going into this year. And he might have to triple double for all I know. (laughs) So. Please do not speak that into existence because this team will force. <laughs> it, it would be the biggest roller coaster of him, like having a really bad year and a really good year. That would be the funniest time, man. Um, but I think if again, if for the Knicks, like if there's any year to be bad, it's this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is this, this year. This, to be this bad. upcoming draft class is really good. We got I don't know how many picks we have in this year's first round. Maybe like uh, I don't think you have one two. because I think I think like that uh, Pistons pick is like barely Mickey Mouse, like. I think we have the Mavs pick this year as well. So uh, I can look at that. I don't, I can look at yeah, we have the Mavs pick. So this is a pretty good year that, to be I bad. I don't think that Mavs pick is going to be very high. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. But, I mean, if we're bad. I, then... I, I I think that Luke is going to win at BPB. I think this is Luke's year. Like, mm, okay. What's a year five, year six? MVP predictions already. What's a year five, year six for him? Like, um, Luka, it's yeah, finally time. So. It's time. Like we saw what he was doing in Euroleague. He's in he's in shape. Like even with like the whole like it's one I think it's gonna be one of those like LeBron MVPs where like the record like is clearly better than what that actual team has. Mm, but that's okay. just how good Luca is. Um and well, I, mean, I think that Yeah, it, I mean it's weird it's it's it feels weird to compare anyone to like Peak LeBron or prime LeBron, uh, but then again, we haven't really seen anything like Luca this early on in his career either. So it, it makes I feel more justifiable saying it. But you know, uh, he's my pick for MVP. I think Giannis would be second. Mm, okay, okay. I'm like so bad with picking MVP picks because I'm just like uh, it I picked Giannis any of last these year. I thought Giannis should have won it last year. Yeah, he had a pretty good case. Like, I, I I think you could have gone with him and Bead or Jokic and like any of those three. Like I would, they would have wanted like okay, you know, makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, switching gears I, to yeah, go ahead. Switching gears to um another team that's located in New York City, which everyone completely forgot. They're like. Their their nonsense that happened this off season because of um, oh uh, the man of the people the voice for the voiceless <laughs> he is he has the worst case of main character syndrome 
Like it's this so is funny. like I it's think like it's beyond I find it insanity. so funny because it, it's so off the walls insane. But like I don't, I also don't think he's a terrible person. So I'm, I find, I feel okay laughing at it as much as I do. Whereas with other people, if he was a bad person, I would be very, I would be deeply concerned by this. Like as a fan, with with him now, it's just like, okay, this is a really funny. This is really, he has said some things that have concerned me because like he does have a big platform. Yeah, with like the vaccines and stuff, obviously, but. You know, it, it is what it is at this point. Like we know yeah. who he is as a person. Yeah, you know he's going to say what he opens his mouth at this point. And um. you're not going to be able to change that. And you know, there are players in the league right now, players who likely will be back in the league very soon. Unfortunately, back in the league very soon, who have done a lot worse than what he's done. So. Uh, that's why I don't pay too much mind. Like I'll make my jokes, things like that, but I'm not gonna take it seriously anymore. Like, yeah, it's but just not Nets, worth the energy. But the Nets are. I mean, they're not gonna be good. I think they're gonna be good regular season. I don't think they're going for the playoffs. Not with Steve Nash as their head coach. Yeah, so I mean, with with the Nets, Katie and Kyrie decided to. <sighs> <laughs> first they've decided to well first katie decided to make a trade request which caught the whole league by storm and surprisingly no one was willing to um give up their whole franchise for him well, the thing is though like for me it's like the teams that could trade for him that want to trade for him all the young assets couldn't be moved <laughs> yeah because of ben simmons thank <laughs> I mean, he's he's this giant roadblock. I mean, shout out Ben Simmons, always coming in the way of some other teams, you know, trying to come I'm up. Trying to win it all. But <laughs> yeah, he's always he's always in the way of of, of teams trying to come up. But yeah, I mean, because of the rookie extension deal um, rule or whatever it is, guys like DeAndre Ayton or um, Donovan Mitchell could not get traded to. Or Bam imagine? Adebayo couldn't get traded. Can to they, the could Nets you imagine unless... if they traded him to Utah? <laughs> that would be the worst. But the thing is that that'd be the worst possible case for the NBA because that log if that happened, oh man, we might we do we might have like the next lockout. I might be able to learn like three new languages during the next lockout if that happens. But because, yeah, I mean, with the Nets, because like, I mean, if the, if, if, if the, but the thing for me that would, from I got the sense I got from the media day was this. They would have moved KD if they cut up. Yeah, they. Yeah, they, I mean, they cut up. I mean, Joe Joe just, Sai Joseph came out just, on Twitter and was basically talk, he's talking big. He he basically was saying, "I stand with Sean Marks and Steve Nash." He was like, "Screw you, KD. You don't have any power here. Like this Which is, is my stupid. team." He chose the wrong side. <laughs> he did, but I mean, with me, like, I am all for dysfunction when it comes to that team because. They invaded my city, and you know they ruined the housing market over here. So I'm never going to be too upset <laughs> at their dysfunction going on. I'm all for it, especially when you know they took um they they thought that they could come into the city and you know win something here, and they haven't done anything. So I would think for me that was like if I lived around that area, dude, I'd go to games all the time. Those tickets are cheap. Like <laughs> those tickets. Oh yeah, they're so they're cheap. they're very cheap. Like, I would go to that. That's one thing like, that oh, you know. Favorite, like, that's oh, the, the Pistons are in town. Like, oh, let's go. Let's go. Let's Cade. 
Yeah, that's the one thing about... It's like going to a baseball game. It's like going to a baseball game. Yep, exactly. But yeah, I'm I'm with you, Noah. I'm not high. I'm never high on the Nets. Anyone that's tuned into this podcast, I think if every, they had a good, if they had a good head coach, I would be way higher than them. But and Steve I'm not Nets even sold on their might be either. the worst head coach in basketball. I'm not even joking. And I'm not even sold on their depth either. I mean, their big signings and moves this offseason were trading for Royce O'Neal, um, Who signing did they, like, right Moore. before KD got requested to trade. Yeah, which was hilarious. Um, TJ Warren, who's still out with his foot being messed up. God knows when he's coming back. Um, they signed Edmund There's Sumner. a real chance that Cam Thomas gets rotation minutes this year. Yeah, I like, mean... and I, mean, I will say that Ben Simmons in that third role is, like, really effective. Like, If he doesn't have to do too much defensively... Oh, I think he's the... I think defensively, he's going to help him out a lot. Because I think when healthy, I think he's one of the best defensive players in basketball. I also think See, the Ben same Simmons thing. does like but Ben Simmons is like he's super elite in two specific areas of the game: passing, playmaking, and defense. And he's basically a non-factor everywhere else. <laughs> so like, but like when you're playing KD and Kyrie, you don't got to worry about scoring as much. You can be a play. You can be a play finisher, whereas in Philadelphia, he was the second option. He was forced to score. Yeah, for me, it's if he doesn't have to do too much defensively, then because I feel like he has to make up for so much defensively on that team because they lack players that, you know, specialize in, not even specialize in defense because, like, if you have just a bunch of guys that specialize in defense, of course your offense is going to be lacking. But I mean, because they have so many guys that are just like so offensively focused on that end, defensively, I just think that he might have to do way more than like he would have had to done if he was on, or he he did when he was on mm-hmm. the Sixers. Because when he was on the Sixers, he was great for them defensively, but they also had like a pretty they had they also had pretty good personnel that was able to hold their mm. own defensively like, so like i'll be honest with you like people were talking about it i'm like when he was like in like, the trade room he's like before like the hard and stuff i'm like honestly if, if it would be impossible to do it obviously but if boston could have found a way to get ben simmons without giving up like either like either, any of like their main guys any of like their main three or four guys I'm like, you pull the trigger in that deal immediately. Because Ben Simmons as like the primary passer and like the third scoring option, third or fourth scoring option, depending on the night. Like that's that's what he is. And, you know, I it's interesting to see how it works in Brooklyn. Um there's some other stuff like off the court with him that that was going on. I don't want to get into too much details because it is pretty sensitive stuff. Um, you know about his, like his that's running his family. So there's more to this than just oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. stuff from yeah. Philly. So and like, not. so like, it's just a weird spot to be in for Ben. Um, you know, 
don't know why they act like he could have played in the playoffs when it was very clear the injury he had would have kept him out of the playoffs. I think it was I because like, I like they, they announced that he would have played in game three, I think it was. I, I think they kind of set him up. Because, yeah. like, I looked at the details of that injury. I'm like, there's no way he could have played, like, at all. Whereas, like... I, it's so weird then, because the, it team announced, the team announced that he was going to give it a go, I think, for game three or game four. And then as soon as they went down 3-0, it was like, okay, Ben Simmons isn't playing anymore. And it was just like, uh, okay, what the hell's going on then? Like, why even announce that? I feel like that was... Because a lot of stuff happened. Like, they, We could honestly do like a whole episode on Ben Simmons on his own. Because there's like just so much to talk about that I've been avoiding for most of the season. Um, But, you know... It is. I'm at a point with Brooklyn. It is what it is. Like we know what they're gonna do. Um, honestly, like I understood they had to get rid of Harden, but they would have been better off just keeping Harden. <laughs> like, uh, like just like just tell them like the all three of them to sit in the room and talk it out. <laughs> I mean, I, I think at a certain point with with the personalities that they had, I don't think it would have worked. Anyways, it would because... be funny if like. Um, because Harden looks like he's like in the best shape of his life. Like, y- you saw him throw the birthday cake off the side of the balcony. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see how that goes during the regular Cause, season, season. But I think the, that he's going to be better this season. I also think he's just going. He's just taking like the natural like steps back that players past thirty take <laughs> at this point. Because like, you know, he is like thirty four years old. Yeah. And players usually don't play. play. Yeah. So, like, him taking, like, and then if, like, 22, like, 8 and 7 is, like, you're, like, regressing. You know, it's not the worst thing. And Maxie's going to take a step up, obviously. Because Maxie's, like, a psychotic work ethic guy that's really talented. But... You know, but with Brooklyn, like, you know, I don't trust him as long as Steve Nash is the head coach. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, with him, I mean, I just, for me, I never saw him as a coach. I just saw him as, and 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 funny enough, it got revealed this offseason that he wasn't Kyrie and Katie's first choice, which I find very interesting now seeing how their relationship with him is. Um, but yeah, it just seems like this is the guy that Sean Marks picked. And even then it's, it's, it, it, it makes it even worse because now Katie and Kyrie, they've never respected him. And now it's even more evident that they don't respect him. So no one respects him. Cam Thomas doesn't respect him. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, gave, he, he rolled his eyes at him during, um, what was it? Summer league when he said that, um, when they asked him that Steve Nash was talking about, um, him being a more of a playmaker and finding guys and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, with Steve Nash, once you're, once you lose the locker room in terms of guys respecting you, it's over. Yeah. It's over at that point. Like it's, over. Those it's, guys, it's yeah, it's, it's cooked. Like they, they're, they, they can only go as far as, and who knows what happens. Maybe they'll fire him midway through the season. I doubt it. Cause I mean, Joe size says he stands with, which with Steve Nash and Sean Marks. So, 
we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, last topic before we end things off for tonight. Um, what are the Lakers doing? I mean, they signed Pat um, Bev. They signed you, him, right? You won't break my soul. You that's the only thing I can think of right now is that video of us. Yeah, but they signed I, Pat I, Bev. I, I'll be honest. They signed you, I'm, Dennis. I'm full team Russ at this point. I'm full team Russ. Like, and I mean, Rob Pelinka says I, that Pat Bev I'm is a Russ, three and D like, wing. I'm going. To, I think Russ is a great. I think it's like one thing. I, if there's one thing about Russ, like he's genuinely like a great human being. Uh, so it doesn't shock me that he's able to get along with Pat Bev, even though they definitely have beef. <laughs> And rightfully so, Pat Bev, like, seriously injured Ross. Like, I would hold a vendetta against someone forever if they did that to me. But oh, for sure. I, I, they had the most, I think they had the most fun media day out of all the teams. Um, it just felt like they, like, even Ross, like, I just felt like they were having fun. Um, Pat Bev, like, I definitely think is a player that, like, I don't like because he's not on my team. I feel like I would love him if he was on my team, though. And I think that that's true with a lot of people. Like, uh, you, you, he's like Draymond. Like, not as good as Draymond, like, historically. Because like, Draymond's going to be a Hall of Famer. But, you know, like, this, like guys, like, I, I, I feel that way about Marcus. But I feel like he definitely annoys other teams. Oh, for but sure. But I love him because he's on my team. And, yeah, teams need players like that. Yeah. You need a player that's going to get under the opponent's skin. And if Pat Bev knows how to do one thing, it's get under people's skin. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the thing is, like, I'm never going to bet, bet against LeBron. Like, he can be 45 years old, washed as hell. What's, the idea of what LeBron looks like washed doesn't cross my mind. Like he he's just been like great my whole life, <laughs> so you know I'm not gonna bet against him. I think they're gonna be like a seven seed this year. Mm, okay, but seven. I, I'm for I me. It's they have no wing depth. Their point guard situation. What do you mean? They got Kendrick is... Nunn. <laughs> Kendrick Nunn is a ghost. Um, but yeah, I mean, with me, I just don't, I, I, I don't know what to make of this Lakers team, except for I'm going to watch them nightly for a good laugh because that's what they provided all of last year. I mean, they have Russ here who it seems like they were trying to trade all se- all off season. Um, who want me? No. <laughs> basically, I mean, it, it would, it only, I think the only reason why it didn't transpire is because the Lakers didn't want to attach those two first round picks, which I don't know why they have such a fascination or attachment to them. Well, the thing is, though, for me, it's like also like, are you gonna? Do you really want to move those two picks from Miles Turner and Buddy Heald? Like, I mean, if you think there's a thing for me, the way I'm thinking about much, it is, sure, it's like, oh, I don't think Miles Turner and Buddy Heald move the needle that much. Mm, okay, like I'm going to be honest with you, I think Miles Turner is a solid player. Oh, for sure. I don't. I don't hold. I. He is not nearly as good as the trade rumors suggest that he is. Oh, of course not. (laughs) Never, never. And the thing is, I would be more willing to do it if they were giving up like a two hundred two one and a two hundred two two pick. Okay, not two, not two hundred two one, two hundred two two, not even two hundred two two. Wow, two hundred two three and two hundred two four pick. 
Because AD and LeBron are still going to be in the roster then. 2027 and 202 way, those are tennis LeBron and AD are not in that roster. And you're a really bad team. Well, I mean, I think those are the only picks they can offer up to give. That's the thing. Like, even though they are the only picks in your roster, do you want to give them up for, like, average players? Well, I mean, when if you think those average players up make is, up for what Russ can't do. But the thing for me is, though, like, are you willing to give up picks knowing that there's a real chance that LeBron and Anthony Davis aren't on the roster by the time those picks come back? Because for me, LeBron and AD are not on that roster means they're going to be terrible. Oh, for sure. No doubt about that. So, like, what happens, like, I might say, like, there's, like, 2027, 2028, so But I'm willing to bet you that Memphis is regretting giving up that pick for, like, Otis Thorpe. That could have been the second pick in the draft in 2023, not 2002, 2003, with Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, mm. and Chris Boss on the, t- on the table. At the time, you probably like, oh, you know, you wouldn't, you'll think, you'll think about it at the time, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like, teams regret that. The Kings. Here's another one. A few years prior, the Kings made a pick swap. Uh they traded. I think for like next, they traded like Nick Scott, Nick Styles to the Sixers, something like that, for a pick swap. That pick swap conveyed in 2017, when the Kings got the third pick. And they swap picks. And the, and the Sixers exercised the right to swap picks with the Kings. And we all know what happens. The Sixers then trade that pick to Boston. And Boston gets Jason Tatum. So technically, Jason Tatum was drafted by the Kings. <laughs> mm, okay. So I'm just thinking like ahead. Like, you know, yeah, you want to obviously try and win now with LeBron and AD. Mm-hmm. And that's what like, the front office is... I mean, I think that's what fans. I just that think are that there's at, so much of a chance that like that screws them up long term. But I think move. fans, but fans of the like, team that were talk, that were upset, they want to win now because they're like, this is our window. Win now. Like, they, they don't but, have a window. Like that's, see, that's thing. the thing. Like, though they think, of course, because you know fans, they you know, like, I don't really know what it's King's things about what's going on with that team. Like, but a lot of Lakers fans, they think. This window is very close to closing, or it's about to close. So they think, oh, that window's point, shut. That thing's. It is. It, I'm it's sorry. basically it's closed. cooked. It it's is basically cooked. closed. But those fans, they think that if they make this trade, it kind of prolongs the window to like be a smidge open at this point. And I mean, at yeah, this point, they're still, clinging, do you want to be mad to like the last bits of hope? But I do understand yeah. where you're coming from because that's where the front office is coming from. They're thinking long term for the future. But the thing they is, though, keep those picks because you know unless, when those guys are gone, unless the Lakers get Bronny, Bronny's not going to be there forever. Yeah, of course and not. Bronny's going to, and, and he's like people act like Bronny is like oh like what what Bronny my my eighth league. Bronny is like the first case I've ever seen of a superstar, at, the son of a superstar, be underrated. Like because he's a legitimate like top fifteen. He's a top fifteen guy in the, in the country for me. And and that's a really good class that he's in. Like, I think he's he has NBA written all over him. Mm. I haven't like seen he, much of him play, but he's like six three, uh, unselfish basketball player. Does not play with ego. 
which if I was LeBron son, I would play with Nico all the time. Like, I'd be like, I'm LeBron son. Like, what are you going to do? Like, but he, he loves to pass, connector, really good defender, good jump shooter. The numbers aren't always great, uh, but he has been dealing with like, inconsistency with the injuries. But, like, yeah, I remember he he's like, pretty, at, he's decently like athletic. Yeah. Decently athletic. Um, his plays within the floor of the offense, really smart player. Fingers without saying, he's the son of LeBron James. Um, but like he's like six three one eighty right now, and like this is what like at the very least a connecting player looks like in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> and he plays both sides, plays both sides really well. Um, but like that's the point. Like he's gonna break. He that's if he's going to the league. LeBron's going to whatever team he's going to. Yeah. Bronny ends up on. Like, yeah, but that would be I a mean, crazy marketing. That would be a crazy tanking tactic. It would. Tanking for Bronny to get LeBron on your team. Yeah. But, I mean, but, going back to the Lakers, I mean, you said you see them as a seven seed. I, I think mean, they're a seven seed. I could see them being right back where they were this year. That'd be hilarious. I would love that. Honestly, because they have for me, the lack of wing depth is so troubling. It's like it's LeBron and then what? It's JTA behind him. And I mean, do you count Lonnie Walker and Troy Brown Jr. as wings? Do you count them as quality wings? Like No. Exactly. Troy Brown <laughs> Lonnie Walker, people will act like he's good. I'm like it's like he does you know, a couple cool things. If dunks, he was that, if he like, was good, the Spurs would have capped him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They would have. Yeah. Basically. So I mean And with, honestly, their biggest their biggest mistake was not doing everything in their power to keep Malik Monk. <laughs> yeah. Because Malik Monk was like legitimately good for them. Like he was like their third best player last year. Like legit no, and people were like, oh, it's a bad thing. No, Malik Monk is good. Like <laughs> And he's going to do things great things enjoy in Sacramento. Him. Yeah, him and Deion He enjoys Fox a good together. time. Don't trust me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I see the Lakers being right back where they where they were this past season. Um, with Russ there, I just don't see. I just don't see when Rob Palinka said an All Star Russ. No. <laughs> and when Rob Palinka said that um, Pat Bev is a three and D wing, that just sealed their fate. Honestly. You know, Pat Bev, six is, foot I, one Pat Bev, three and D wing. Like what? That's insane to me. You know what the funny thing is? I feel like Russ would still be an all-star level player, like if he was not the Lakers. I don't know why. I Probably. Like, like, if he was still with Washington, I think people still view him as like an all Because like he would he averaged like a triple double the year before the like like uh the season before last season. Um so like it's just funny to think about, like, you know, like, if you still give him, like, the opportunity and he's not playing next to, like, two guys that are clearly better than him, you could probably trick a lot of people into thinking he's still that guy. Or the very least, like, an all-star, like, Trick indeed. Trick indeed. Um, I mean, which I'm all for. I would love to see him, like, average a triple-double again on another team. Because I just love, like... Because the narrative with Russ has always been, like, literally, like, nobody, like, a- the the whole idea of averaging a triple-double was this mythical thing until Russ did it. 
and all of a sudden Russ does, and people all of a sudden think, oh, it's the pacing and all that. So I'm like, if it if that if it's so common, how come he's the only one doing it? Even like I don't care they stab pads. Like he's six three. Yeah, he's gonna have to box out his own teammates to get a rebound. <laughs> the the thing is like um, for me, and there's also like you know stats, you know rings are cool, and obviously that's what you aim for as a team. But stats get you paid. <laughs> that you is that is true. You know, but stats you can't bring legacy home. You get, but if you average a triple double, a team's gonna pay you. Like, that's the thing for me. Like, if you average like twenty one, ten, and ten, like some team's gonna pay you like, whatever you want. For me, it's just though. It's like you know, you can't bring legacy home to the family. You can't bring you a lot of money home. You can bring. <laughs> that's all. I'm like, I'll never blame a player for a player for being overpaid. It's like I celebrate Tobias Harris not regard. I'm like. Shout out to his dad. His dad's his agent. But, him that but deal. I will say it matters when he's on your team. Because you know if Russell Westbrook was doing true, this on, in like, a Celtic uniform, if he was doing all the bricks a, off, off, high off the glass in a Celtic uniform, he would not I be saying Jason this. I watched do that in the finals. I watched Jason Tatum do that in the finals. True, but you got to the finals. I'm saying if you <laughs> saw Russell Westbrook doing listen, that the in the regular season. The Celtics wouldn't do that. Celtics, I don't have to worry about that. The Celtics don't like that. Though, exactly, so. you don't have to worry about it. But if you, if he, he was in that uniform, listen, you would I was not the Miami Dolphins. Listen, I can speak to this from a football perspective. I watched the Miami Dolphins pass on Lamar Jackson because they wanted to give Ryan Tannehill and Adam Gaze another chance. So, like, I understand where people are coming from, but from like a pure like player perspective, I'm like, I totally understand getting as much money as you. Oh, of course, yeah, can. no doubt. So I'm like, no doubt. Santa Tobias Harris's dad, dad of like the century, probably. <laughs> dad of the day. Oh man, but um, thank you, Noah, for for popping out. Thank you for pulling up. Yeah. You know, shooting the shit with me about always, some NBA man. stuff. I always we gotta do, we should probably try and do it again sometime. Um, I I have some stuff I'm coming out with soon. Uh, that I, I would like you to see if you can come on every once in a while. I, I, I basically it's it's a, it's a live show basically that I'm working on working the kinks out. But I'd love to have you on that sometimes. So. No doubt for yeah. sure. So you know you want to plug anything before you head out? Uh yeah. Check out um, Terranova Basketball Study. Uh, it's like the first link on my Twitter. My Twitter is uh, Terranova. No, it's T E R R A N O V A. You can spell Noah. Obviously, um, I, I I'm real excited for this upcoming season. NBA content wise, like I'm, I do like player breakdowns, integrate film and statistics into it, uh, and you know I'm I'm trying to like, expand myself as a content creator. I I'm, I, don't, I don't have time to talk about everything because not everything's confirmed yet. Um, and final thing would be check out Hustle Points. Uh. Y- it's a we're doing like articles and stuff over there. It's hustle points underscore on Twitter. You can follow us over there. Uh, we have we're doing like a bunch of stuff like article wise, video wise, podcast wise. We have a bunch of stuff planned. Uh, we're really excited to launch that. It, it, we're just trying to make our own brand of basketball uh, content creating over there. So check that out. That's all I really got to say. All right. Um, for me, I am plugging the Strickland as always. Check out that I be over there on the YouTube channel, um, doing live streams for any Knicks related news, 
post game stuff will be soon coming out with audio content as well um and you know i'll try to be more consistent with these episodes as the season goes along because your boy is a teacher and you know life be hard and shit so try to be better with these episodes definitely have a new episode coming out probably either later this week or next week so make sure y'all tuned in for that one make sure y'all sub um leave a rating all that good stuff and i'm out peace see ya